0: December football. It's here. And the Jets are in a playoff spot for now. The road gets tough from here on out for Gang Green. Off to Minnesota goes Mike F and White and Company as the Jets look to make it eight and four on the season against the first place Vikings. Can Sala's squad win their second straight behind Mike White, or does he come back down to earth? we preview jets vikings and make our predictions we'll also be joined by a good friend of the program former jets offensive lineman smy pre and post game analyst the great Willie cologne the jets are off to minnesota we got you covered next on gangs all here from the new york post
1: think you know the brooks ghost
0: Ooh, welcome back to Gangs All Here. It's our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. I am Jake Brown alongside my co-host, Brian Costello. Joining us later in the program will be friend of the program, former Jets offensive lineman, SMY Jets pre- and post-game analyst. You can catch him also on Mad Dog Sports Radio on Morning Men. That is the big fella out of Hostra, Willie Cologne. We'll stop by later. The month of december is here guys as we drop this episode on december 1st of gangs all here we said before the season started for the jets what did we say be in the graphic in the month of december well that's the goal for the season and they're not in the graphic because they're in the playoffs for now we're hoping for in the hunt instead of the seventh seed and holding on to the final playoff spot at seven and four, this team's been fun to watch. They've been competitive. They're playing behind one of the best defenses, a quarterback change, and now they're led by Mike and White. And a new season begins this week in Minnesota. Six games to play, two tough ones against Minnesota and Buffalo, two more playoff teams in uh, Miami and Seattle later on. Lions and Jaguars mixed in between. But Kaz, all they got to do is three and three. It's not a lot to ask to be in the hunt for a spot. We'll see how the tiebreakers play out. We'll talk about all that. But this team finally has a chance to end the longest playoff drought in the NFL. It's a dozen years of waiting. It's been long enough. It's time solid and the Jets start a new era of winning football. It's been long awaited, and it begins in Minnesota on Sunday.
1: I'm glad the stadium is indoors in Minnesota. Have you looked at the weather, Jake?
0: What's it, like four degrees there? I haven't checked the Minnesota weather because it's irrelevant for me not being there.
1: High of 18 on Saturday, Jake. I think this is a stay in the hotel weekend in Minneapolis. It's not like you're usually out and about
0: hitting the strip club on Saturday night anyway, Kyle. I, right? go to,
1: I usually go to a nice dinner. You go to, okay. you know, go, go to a good dinner. and so, so You
0: wouldn't even go out for dinner? You're going to do room service this
1: Saturday? I don't know, 18 degrees. Room service really doesn't exist post COVID, I've noticed. They haven't brought that back yeah you can get like takeout from the restaurant but there's like, the old style room service coming to you on a tray i have not seen that post-covid anywhere i'm sure some high-scale hotels that i'm not allowed to stay at they they do that You're,
0: they bit. don't put you in the ritz carlton they leave the lights on for you at the uh, red roof
1: inn no, uh, but yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen that. So yeah, so that's my initial thought, Jake. I'm grateful that this is indoors. Um, hopefully, uh, there's some walkways in minneapolis indoor walkways in Minneapolis to get to the game. But yeah, it, here we are, Jake. December. It's funny. I looked back transcript from March when Joe Douglas said the December you know playing meaningful games in December quote, and it was actually it was my question, Jake. I created that. I I, I said to him, I said, is is there a reasonable goal for this team if you get the draft right? Because it was in March to be playing meaningful games in December. And he ran with it. So I was like, well, wow. prize-winning I journalism? Right? I, cre- I, I You know, you're always trying to bait them into saying they're a playoff team. That never works. But this one, I got the December meaningful games. The old, I think Fred Wolpon said that many years ago about the Mets with meaningful games in September. So, um, yeah, here we go. I think, you know, four road games out of six. The two home games look like they're, they should be wins, but you never know. The lines are playing better. Jaguars have something going on right now, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting stretch of games here, Jake. For once, like you said, it's been a it's been a while. It's been since two thousand fifteen uh, when we've had this. Because if you look at I looked at the record through eleven games from sixteen on, and there's a lot of three and eights and four and sevens and an zero and eleven in there. Been a while since they've had a winning record going into December.
0: Yeah, and I'll push back to your comments the other day and some of the media comments about Mike White because. I think you can't overlook what he did in those conditions, considering Zach complained about win the week before it was a ter- It was downpouring that whole day. And this is still the NFL. I know the bears defense suck, but these are NFL players. It's not like they went up against the XFL team, despite the roster not looking great. And when we look back at last year and say, you know what? He gave up the terrible game against the bills. Look what he did after the Cincinnati game. That was a terrible Jets team, a Jets team that in the stretch that Mike played 54, 31, 45, 45 points. Those were defenses that were not putting him in the game and giving him a chance to win. I think he doesn't need to do what he had to do in those games. And he's also got more talent. You know, he's got Garrett Wilson, a legit number one guy. And he's got a couple tight ends. He was throwing a Ryan Griffin last year. This year, he's got Tyler Conklin. He's got C.J. Ozama. He's got another receiver in Denzel Mims who's had some life finally this year. So I'm going to throw last year out the window besides the great Bengals game and say that Mike White deserves a lot of credit. Yo, that oh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that was That's the
1: ultimate cherry pick right there.
0: Yeah, well, they defense
1: played in that game, right? Same receivers played in that game. And the
0: defense gave up 31 that game. So the defense was just atrocious. So I think this is a new Mike White, a better team, and a better defense – and I think we're going to see it Sunday. You know, a tough a tough test in Minnesota. Well, the Vikings stink on defense. Their defense I get stinks. that,
1: but we can't use that as an excuse. This is a 9-2 football team. He should put up a lot of yards. He should put up 300 yards in this game. He should throw touchdowns in this game. But I don't want that to be the excuse,
0: cause If he does on Sunday's postgame, be like, he did what he should. I think he deserves a lot more credit than you're giving him.
2: Okay.
0: We'll see. Now, if he beats Buffalo, I know you're gonna give him credit because that's a tough one in Buffalo. That's a
1: good defense.
0: Yeah, this defense stinks.
1: This is all this is all about the Jets defense and can they stop? A good Vikings offense and the Vikings are a weird team they every game every one of their wins Except one is by one score their point differential is plus four or plus five in compar- Comparison the Jets point differential is plus 34 so the Jets by point differential are a better Team than the Vikings um, now you know set Robert Sala pointed out today the Vikings have beaten Every team in the AFC East except the Jets so far they're going for the sweep in the AFC East They played the Dolphins without Tua, which was a little different, but they did beat the, you know, they beat the Patriots on Thanksgiving and they beat the Bills in that uh, epic game a few weeks ago. So they're, they're they're an interesting, an interesting team. This could be, this could come down to being a shootout, you know, if the Jets defense uh, can't contain that Vikings offense.
0: And we'll make our predictions in a little bit. But remember, this is still a Vikings defense that has some guy named Patrick Peterson in a potential future Hall of Famer. Isn't he? What is he? Forty eight years old at this point. Listen, he, he could still play. He's older, yeah. but he could still play. And they have you know good run stoppers and Hunter. They got good linebackers: Darius Smith, Jordan Hicks. Like this, these aren't a bunch of bums. And it's a nine
1: and two team. They're better so. than the Bears. I, they're better defense than the Bears. But they play. I mean, they they play right into Mike White's hands. They play a cover two. They just don't want to get beat deep. They are going to give up a ton of underneath stuff. He can throw to the running backs and the tight ends all day if he wants to. So that's and that's what White does. The question with Mike White is can he can he throw a deep ball? Right. We haven't seen him do it. Like he's he when he's won games, it's been intermediate, short to intermediate throws. That's you know, the Bills defense could test him there. Um, but the Vikings defense is not going to. They're going to give up a lot of yards uh and then try to keep them out of the end zone. That that's their game.
0: First throw of the game. Play action Garrett Wilson deep bomb. Let's do it. Let's just let's just catch him off guard quick and early and that's going to be the matchup really. Peterson versus Wilson. Uh it's going to be fun to see and like you said the Vikings they haven't blown anyone out. All their games are close, and it shows their defense back bad because the Jets held Mac Jones to nothing, essentially. They gave up 382 yards and two touchdowns to Mac Jones in that Thanksgiving shootout.
1: You remember, you just pointed out it was windy that day, though, when Mac Jones played the Jets.
0: I, what's worse, you think, the, the downpour rain at MetLife or the wind in New England? As wind, was wind,
1: is, wind was worse, yeah, the wind's worse, yeah, because I, I wasn't outside for the downpour, but I was talking to somebody who was there and said it really, it didn't get back to like the fourth quarter got windy and that's when it got real ugly there. And if you notice it, I mean, the Jets didn't have to throw their up by a lot, but they didn't throw much late in that game.
0: It wasn't a sea of green in my life. It was a sea of ponchos. I've never seen so many people wear ponchos in my entire life. Not a big poncho guy, to be honest. I'd rather my clothes just get wet. I just think ponchos. It's like, you're wearing a garbage. Like you're just a bum. Like I, I just, I don't, I'm not team ponchos. I get why people do it. They don't want to ruin their clothes. I'll throw my clothes in the wash. Anyway, we'll talk laundry uh, when the Jets are out of the playoff race. They're in it right now, and I'm excited for this game. All right, injury report before we preview this game, make our picks. Low ankle sprain, luckily, for Michael Carter. Didn't practice Wednesday. What do you think, Cos? My gut says that he's not going to play on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's early right now, Um, but yeah, I would agree with you. I don't think he's going to play. I think it's, uh, it's unlikely. I think they'll give him a week, and then he'll probably be back next week
0: offensive line now is max mitchell taking big cedric spot this week
1: yeah well cedric didn't practice either he has a groin injury so yeah it's it's going to be max mitchell i think a right tackle and we'll see george fant i think could be activated for this game wow. um but i don't think he'd start right away they probably have him as the backup for both right and left tackle right now
0: and another surprise—we thought he might miss some more time. It seems like Sheldon Rankins could be
1: back this week. Yeah, he's limited Wednesday, so we'll see. He had a big brace on his elbow, but yeah, it looks like he might be able to come back after missing miss the Patriots and the uh, and the Bears. So yeah, he could be back.
0: The Jets Bills game will stay at one o'clock. What was the deal with the CBS? Like purchased the rights to keep the game, and they ch- flex Dolphins Chargers instead.
1: Uh, networks can protect games, Jake. I don't know. I can't remember the numbers, but see C- yes, yeah, CBS protected it. So they you get to pick a certain number of games you can protect and they can't be flexed. So that was one of them. I think I think the one to watch now is Jets Seahawks on New Year's Day. Uh obviously there's a long way to go. And but if both teams stay in the thick of this, that that game could be a a, a primetime game for the Jets.
0: Gives you a little more time to recover from the hangover, the impending hangover on New Year's, which is nicely done by the NFL there for Jets fans. Jets, Vikings, one o'clock. The Jets went from Spiro Ditas to games being protected by CBS. What a turn of events. Sunday, 1 p.m., U.S. Bank Stadium, Minnesota. My favorite duo, Iron Eagle, Charles Davis on the call. The Jets have come a long way. From the C indeed broadcast teams, they are on the A team at one o'clock. Vikings are three point favorites. Finally, the Jets essentially being called even against the nine and two Vikings as the home team gets three points. Vegas is now putting respect on the name of the Jets and the name of Mike White. The over under is forty five points. Nine and two Vikings, seven and four Jets. Kaz, break the game down. Make your prediction.
1: I think it comes down to, Jake, like I said, I think it's going to be the Jets' defense versus the Vikings' offense. Can they slow them down? Can they slow Justin Jefferson down, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook? Uh, this is this is a good offense. I think the Jets' offense will be able to have success against the Vikings' defense. I think they'll be able to move the ball. So uh, To me, this, this could be a shootout, Jake, because the Jets' defense has been great this year, and they really haven't had one letdown game yet. And I'm wondering if this is it. Uh, It sort of looked like it was going to be against the Bears. First two drives, and then they snapped out of it. And they weren't, you know, the Patriots game was so weird. They gave up a lot of yards in that game, and they missed a lot of tackles. But then they would find a way on third down to, like, knock them, you know, out of the the red zone. And Nick Falk missed two field goals in windy conditions. Or that, you know, that scoop might have been... Might have been nine to three. And they wouldn't even need the punt return. So the defense has kind of showed some signs. I think lately, Jacob. There might be a, a dud coming. So I think this could be the one. I'm gonna go with the Vikings. I don't have a score. I don't have a score for you though, Jake. I haven't thought about the score, but I think it could. This could be like a a high scoring game, um, like in the 30s. I think somewhere somewhere in there. I won't reveal you it. Know, I'll take the Vikings to cover. But I think this. I think both teams could score in the 30s.
0: So you're not buying the half point and taking the Jets plus three and a half, no. is what I No, what I'll, I'll, I'm go v- I'll go
1: Vikings cover.
0: Well, you know I am. The Jets going up against a terrible passing defense. Mike White's gonna have a day. It's gonna be the Bam White show. Sauce Gardner, 14 passes defended, most of the NFL. I think he's finally someone's gotta contain Justin Jefferson. I think the Jets defense has a good chance here against Justin Jefferson. He's been hot. Listen, he is just sizzling hot right now. He had a huge game, 9 for 139 against the Pats and a touchdown on Thanksgiving. I like DJ Reed going up against Thielen. The Jets' cause have held wide receivers to the third lowest rating in the NFL. And guess what? The Vikings, a good tight end team led by TJ Hawkinson. The Jets, zero touchdowns allowed to tight ends all year long. Four interceptions when balls are going to tight ends so they can contain the middle of the field. They got two corners on the outside of the field, and they're going to attack Kirk Cousins. You know it's coming, and when they do, it's going to be pain for that offense. The Jets, 86 QB hits. That's second in the NFL. Dalvin Cook is not doing much lately. He's in a dry spell. Jets win this one in Minnesota. The Mike White Show goes on. Jets 27, Vikings 24 And then the Jets are two wins away from the magical 10-win mark. I think this matchup favors them. And like you said, the Vikings, every game they're in is a close one. So I don't think this is going to be a blowout. It's going to come down to a big field goal. And there are no conditions to worry or complain about this week. It's in the dome. Jets win 27-24. Well, we'll look ahead to Jets-Vikings and talk about this O-line. We'll talk Mike White. With our guest, and that's Willie Colon joining Gangs All Here
2: next. You know, these are the type of games that I I love. I love going against the best. I'm looking forward to it, and I know um, our guys in the secondary, they're looking forward to it as well.
0: All righty, joining us now on Gangs All here, Jake Brown here is his friend of the program, a former Jets offensive lineman, SMY Jets pre- and post-game analyst, and you could hear him on SiriusXM, Mad Dog Sports Radio on Morning Men. Hofstra alum Willie Cologne is in the building. Willie, you're hitting 40. You just got out of the gym. You're
2: sweating like a dog.
0: How you feeling right now?
2: I, I feel great. Um, I'm in the process of trying to be a better, uh, better multitasker. So as I'm doing this, I'm texting the wife, telling her I'm talking to you while she's telling me, uh, "Make sure you turn off the lights and take out the big piece of chicken." So um, it's, uh, it's 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 an interesting day for for me right now. Yeah.
0: Do you ever cook? Are you you cook mostly? Your wife cook? You know,
2: I, I can cook. Um, I've gotten better because my wife is there to kind of tell me how bad my cooking is. So after she tells me how bad my cooking is, um, she usually jumps behind and kind of, you know, walks me through what I should have did right instead of what I did wrong. So that's, that's what wives are for. They're there to critique, uh, destroy your life and then love you at the same time.
0: Love that. I would not. You know, my healthy thing is I make a little salmon twice a week, but it gets expensive. Like everyone's like eating home Food's is cheap.
2: expensive. Healthy food is really expensive. Yeah. Well, one
0: guy who's not expensive is Mike White. He's pretty cheap. Boom. That's why they pay me the big bucks. This dynamic of changing quarterbacks, you know, you kind of went through it a little bit with Geno Smith to Ryan Fitzpatrick, although it wasn't in the middle of the season. Take us through that time and this time for the Jets at quarterback.
2: Well, well, the Gino and Fitzpatrick situation was was unique because we also, during that process, had Michael Vick. It was a, it was a weird transition because Gino was going into his second year, um, second or third year, and then the whole locker room situation happened, right? And then here comes Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Fitz, I think if you would ask him, you know, he was there to just, you know, service a role. I don't think he necessarily thought, him, thought as himself as a starter. He knew, you know, he had been through that kind of merry-go-round before, so I think he's like, hey, when you need me, Tap tapped my shoulder and we needed him a lot sooner than you know we expected and when he got in just like Mike White his calming presence his ability to know nowhere to go with the football pre-snap recognition um, his overall fundamentals jumped off the screen and when you have a quarterback who's calm decisive and deliberate it sets a tone within the offense and I think that's what Mike White has done or that's what he has shown thus far even if you go back to last year when Zach got hurt when he was able to jump in for that Bengals game you can tell there was a poise about him. There was a sense of, like, I got this. You just, you know, everybody does their job, and we'll get out of this safely. And he even showed it against the Bears. Now, the Bears are the Bears. They're not a very good team. Um, their defense is a little bit all over pace, uh All over the place. They lost two guys to IR after the end of that game. But what Mike White was able to show you that the offense works when you play within the offense, right? And so, and we saw that last year. Think about it. When when Mike played, then it was Flacco, then it was Josh Johnson. All three quarterbacks lit it up when they got in there. You know, even Josh in his even you know, the game he played. He had like 300 and some yards within the offense. It scratches your head because if you see three quarterbacks play within the same offense, do what they're told and play within a manner, it's like, all right, well, we just drafted a kid to be the future. Why can't he do that? And then to Zach's credit, when he did get back in, you know, he was great. You know, he, he was solid, especially against Tampa. And then, you know, obviously he goes into this game uh, this year and he has a little bit of a setback because of the injury. And then when he comes back, he looks like he's starting to get his wits about him. He's starting to play better. I think right now, just to break it down, I think Mike is the right quarterback for right now. That doesn't mean Zach Wilson isn't the quarterback for the future. I think sometimes you have to sit back and digest, show some humility, see how things work, and go and, and go to and go according to plan and things will work out for you. But I think. The way this team is has evolved ahead of schedule. I think Mike White is the guy for for the Jets right now. Now, does that mean is he is he not the quarterback for the future? I don't know, but I think it's ultimately Mike jo- Mike White's job to lose and win. It is interesting because no one has looked at the fact of
0: what if Mike White is the guy and Zach Wilson is not because the draft stock 171st versus second pick. What if White is the guy and you got to send Zach Wilson packing? Now, I don't know if you'd even be able to trade him for a bag of peanuts right now. But that's not a situation that anyone talks about because everyone just writes off Mike White because of where he got picked and where he went to school.
2: Well, honestly, I mean, two scenarios here. It's not like the Jets haven't been here before, right? I mean, they sent a lot of number one, a lot of their first-round quarterbacks packing, right? You're talking about from Geno to Sam Darnold and now Zach. So I think Jets fans are kind of, they've built a callus for this type of situation. However, you are right. Just because a guy comes out of the fifth round out of Western Kentucky doesn't mean that he can't get the job done. We've 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 seen. I mean, Christ, look at where Romo came from, right? And Romo, had, you arguably can say had a Hall of Fame career, uh, career. Look at Kurt Warner. Look at right now uh, Taylor Heineke uh, out of Old Dominion. So it's not like a, a mid-level, small-time quarterback can't come out and do the and do the job and do it at a high level. I believe Mike White just understands what to do with the football. I think he cares enough. I think he shows enough humility. I think he's fundamentally sound and he has a piece within the offense now minnesota is a different different juggernaut right they're they're better defense better team they got some superstars on both sides of the ball so it's going to be a big test to see if the jets can handle that type of outfit come sunday
0: this is still a nine and two team in my estimation that has some players on defense they're not a bunch of you know nobody's on defense it's a good football team the nine and two do you expect Mike to keep the train rolling? Kyle said the Vikings are going to win
2: because he expects the Jets' defense to finally have a letdown. What do you expect out of this game? I mean, the Jets have been solid on the road this year. What's interesting about this team, they don't know what they don't know. They're just going out there and playing. And I said this yesterday when I was talking to Connor Rogers, who's who's been doing a great job with this on pre and post. I said the Jets are finally at a point, and this goes. this is more indicative to the Bears game, where because of the conditions, because of a bad team, their talent is pulling them through. Like normally you can say the Jets didn't have enough talent or if they had a bad day, they was going to lose because they just they just can't get it done. They were playing on KO defense, but they had so much talent that the talent actually won that game for them, right? And that hasn't always been indicative to who the Jets were in the past. So I think right now this Jets team, I think they are riding a high horse. I think they believe in Mike White. I think they believe in each other. They're young, they have a little, they have that swag to them. I, I really appreciate it right now. And so yeah, I have the Jets, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets go in there and get the dub. I really wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised by that. What I am cautious about is there's a lot of rookies right now who haven't gone this far into the season. And you gotta worry about the rookie wall. And you're looking at guys like Sauce Gardner, you're looking at some guys who just really haven't gone the distance. So this time of year is where you have to start leaning on the quality of your depth, which we have and which we have seen. The fact that Max Mitchell was back at right tackle, huge. I love a lot. I love that kid to death because he's he's scrappy, he's gritty, he's raw in some areas, but he's going to give you 110% every time he's on the field. Nate Herbig, what he means to that right guard spot when he's healthy. Four running backs, you know, honestly, with Bam Knight and Ty and Michael Carter and James Robinson, that if things don't pan out, you can lean on the run game, which I think is the identity of this team, honestly. I know Mike White can sling it, but when we're running, when we're when we're pounding the rock and letting our defense, you know, play bully ball, we're a damn good outfit. So hopefully we get back to that a little bit. As an offensive lineman, speak to that a little bit because when this team goes on their fourth to
0: fifth offensive tackle, you know, now Big Cedric, we always say Big Cedric because we can't say his name. Oh, Ogbwehi. Oh 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 yeah. Oh boy, me and Bart, it. you should see me and Bart say it. We, we tear it up. Ogbwehi. Oh, oh is that French? Bonjour, monsieur. Oh, Cedric now hurt. Like, that's not an easy job for a guy like Max Mitchell to come in, for Cedric to come in, for all these guys to fill in and Nate Herbig, who doesn't really, anyone ever mentions. Uh, how hard is that in the middle of the season to develop this cohesiveness? And how well has this Jets offensive line
2: done it? Well, I think I think multiple things. I think one you got to credit, you got to credit Dwayne Brown for being the 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 I guess the big dog in the room. A guy who's played at a high level for multiple teams, who understands the the league, understands what it means to play within in a playoff and just having that veteran leadership to look to when your star player Elijah Vera Tucker goes down. When Makai Beckton, who's supposed to be the uh, staple within your franchise, goes down. Connor McGovern, who doesn't get enough credit, who's a little bit of a journeyman, has been playing stellar himself. So you have two key pieces. And, and like Lynn Thomason, who's played for, played for a damn good 49ers team and balled out. So when you have those multitude of pieces, it's easy for young guys and even guys who haven't got a lot of quality to say, all right, I just need an example on how to do my job and how to perform like a professional. And they had those examples. I had those examples when I I was in the league. I had guys like Alan Fanica to look at and watch how he, how he, you know, was in the weight room, study, practice, prepare for games, played within games, how he recovered. Just having those examples in multiple facets, Helped me kind of prep myself on how to be the best I needed to be on the field, and so now guys like Max Mitchell, Nate Herbig, on and on. You know, these guys have examples to lean on and see, and so when you have that, it's easy to kind of just march, right? But when you, uh, and even the team when I when my time at the, uh, my time with the Jets, I thought certain units didn't have that example, and that's why things went awry. You know what I mean? And so you don't have that with this offensive line unit. There's multiple guys with that in that room who've played enough football and understand what it means to be a pro and be a pro at a high level.
0: Mentally, for an offensive line, Willie, and for the offense, when you make a quarterback change and see instant success, what does that do to your mentality? Because as an offensive lineman, those guys, you can't be playing 110%. When your quarterback is throwing the ball all over the place to nobody in particular, incompletions, taking sacks. When Mike comes in there, bing, bang, boom, and is hitting all the guys, that has to play a factor mentally for these guys. And they, they Not that they want to play harder. You're always going to play 100%. But mentally, there's got to be something different there for the offensive linemen, for these running backs, for these receivers, obviously with Elijah Moore, who we know how much he loves Mike White, and anyone else besides Zach Wilson. That's the only time he produces. It's got to play a factor mentally.
2: Well, I think the thing about what Mike was able to do within the offense Sunday was he was able to be efficient. And when you're able to be efficient, you're able to set a rhythm. And when you're able to set a rhythm, that means guys don't have to think. They're just rolling off the ball and they're playing fast and they're not thinking or they're not second-guessing or they're not worried about every little other thing other than doing their job. And I think you know it's tough because we have to understand that Zach Wilson is only in his second year, right? And at the same time, I can tell you from firsthand experience, and I put my hand up at, the, uh, at this, I didn't feel like a pro until my third or fourth year, where I feel like I really got it. You know what I mean? And I didn't have the ball in my hand. So I, I do have some empathy for guys in that situation, how much the world is on their shoulders and how to have to be perfect and how to, you know, just not perfect, but just do the right things. Because every time the ball's in your hand. You got the city in your hand. You got the franchise in your hand, right? So there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. But I think from an offensive line standpoint, when you do have somebody to come in there, just happens to be on time with the football, has a calm about him, has a pace about him, and has a little bit of know-how on how to run the offense, it definitely takes the pressure off our shoulders from the standpoint where we're like, all right, we just keep him upright. He's going to take care of the rest. We don't have to worry about the scrambling. We don't have to worry about, you know, if this ball gets tipped, it's coming back the other way. We don't worry about having to, you know, because a lot of times when a quarterback throws an interception, yeah, it's easy for the outside to say, well, he threw that ball there. That's why they got, but from an offensive line standpoint, we we immediately check the protection, running backs and you know, all, like why, why did that happen? Was he rushed? Was he pressured? Was it pocket collapse? Did you know did a guy get his hands up? So we immediately check ourselves on why that interception happens. We don't necessarily blame the quarterback for that interception. Cause sometimes, you know, if, if a if a guy's sitting in a pocket, and he's forced to throw the ball early and it's a misread. Well, why was why why what what caused that? So we immediately immediately checking within ourselves. I think for an offensive line, especially this offensive line, I think they realize that when you have Mike White in the game and you're rolling the way they're rolling, that means the defense gets hungrier and better. And I think that's just complimentary football. And I think that's what we was able to see Sunday when you all three phases. Even go back to that Patriots game. I thought they I thought they, besides the offense not, not doing anything that day, they were playing complimentary football. Special teams just had one bad punt that ultimately ended the game for them. But ultimately, if you go back to that tape, defense played lights out. We gave up some sacks up front. I thought we got a little, I thought we got a little murky in the middle at times. But nevertheless, even on the edges, but I, I nevertheless, I thought we were we were, we were scrappy. We we're banging. We were just having one of them days, and Zach couldn't get it going. But I think the offensive lines know who's the guy right now. And it's just a matter of just continuing to play out a high level. You hear, you're a
0: teammate of Zach, you hear what he said after the game, not taking accountability. Uh, what's your reaction to the locker room as a teammate?
2: You know, a lot was made of that. I'm not necessarily sure I would have took it personal. That's just me, and I, maybe I should. I don't know, but I just know necessarily that wouldn't have bothered me. What bo- would what have bothered me was the fact that he wasn't pulled during that game, and I stated that on pre and post because I feel like the Jets were playing like the damn 85 Bears that game in New England. As athletes, the field is our office. Everybody has an office, and some days you're going to have a bad day at the office. I felt like Sunday was a bad day at the office for Zach Wilson. I also feel like as Robert Solid sat there for four quarters, watched this man struggle, watched this offensive uh, offensive unit, you know, remain stagnant, how not some part of you goes, I need to change, right? Because I can remember, I, I, I've i had a game like that. When we was in San Diego and Mike Vick was on the team and Gino started that game, we started, came out in the second half with Mike Vick. And Vick didn't, mind you, didn't get in, uh, he didn't prepare that well. He, they didn't give him a lot of reps that week, right? It was all going to be Geno. Halftime, Rex runs in the locker room and goes, hey, I can't take it no more. You know, Vick, suit up. We, we just need something. We need a spark. And we didn't, and in the second half, I remember our eyes lit like, oh, finally we get Vick, right? And now it's, now it's on. We're about to run again. That didn't happen. San Diego continued to kick our ass for the rest of the quarter, for uh, two, the remaining two quarters. But I say that to say that, athletes are going to have bad days at the office if your ace is allowed to get uh you know pulled by the skip and a relief comes in why can't it happen in football you know what i mean doesn't mean a guy can't come back the next week we sometimes we pull it we have this mindset that if you pull a quarterback that means you're sitting him for the rest of the year no you just had a bad game kid we watch belichick pull guys all the time and they're back in the lineup so i don't feel like if you pull a guy that doesn't mean you can't go back to him right away it just means like hey Got to win this game, they had an opportunity to win that game, which would let them first place in the division. It was just a big game, and I felt like Salah let that go instead of responding in a moment. I think, yeah, and I think it's
0: two different coaches, too. Willie, I think Salah is very much a player's coach. I don't know if he has the mentality even to do that to a guy, and maybe he worries that he doesn't come back from that. So, I think that just depends sometimes on the coach. We see it with Dayball screaming his head off at a guy if they do something wrong. I don't see that as much in games from
2: Sala. You agree with that? Well, I, I do agree he's a player's coach. You can tell that he individually cares about every man in a helmet. I do think he has a, a somewhat of a relationship with different guys in that locker room. You can kind of see, it. you can hear it by when he speaks about certain guys. But I have to go back to the great Herman Edwards. You play to win the game. And sometimes you got to separate those type of emotions and those type of feelings because at the end of the day, it's not about that one individual. It's about the game and winning that game for that week. I can understand his sensitivity to Zach because Zach's a gunslinger, right? And if you take the confidence out of gunslinger, you're going to have to result what happened on in New England, right? He was afraid to throw the ball downfield. He started blaming the weather conditions. Mind you, Mac Jones almost threw for 300 yards that game. You know what I mean? So it's like... You don't want to remove the the kind of the wild cowboy out the kid if you if you feel like that's gonna happen if you bench him. So you kind of want to stay, you want to stay in the trenches with him. But at the same time, you have to understand it's not about Zach, it's about the team. And I think that's why Mike White starting was so significant because now he told the locker room, like, all right, it's about us, right? Like it's about us, it's about us moving forward. We're seven and four. We got a legit shot going to the playoffs. Let's let's go for this thing. And, you know, I think, Zach, you know, this is the bottom line. One thing about the NFL and and during like, you know, you're going to go through hard times and either make sure or break you, Uh, you know, him sitting on the bench is either going to make him stronger or it's going to break him. And every every athlete goes through moments like that, whether it's dealing with injuries, whether it's dealing with getting benched, whether it's dealing with personal issues off the field. You're always going to have that fork in the road. Some come earlier than others. Some come later, but they do come. And I think this is Zach's moment.
0: And if it breaks him, Jimmy Garoppolo is in the wings as the swooning, all the people of New York city, his face on every billboard in town, Willie, you know, he, he's the talk. Are, are you, don't seem to be on the, the Jimmy G. No no, 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 no. I'm
2: I'm a Jimmy G fan. I, I, I mean, he's, I mean, he has the GQ look. He's a sexy individual. He's a stud. He, he wins no matter what you say about him. He's a winner. And this is his offense, right? This is the offense of which he thrives in. So it, it just seems like one, two, three, ABC, but it sucks for Mike White. It sucks because if he continues the ball and he carries this Jets team into the playoffs, why do we now continue to overlook Mike White? It's still, a, it's still a question. Like, I get Jimmy G. He's the Lamborghini that comes rolling in. Love it. But if Mike White is the, you know, the Audi or the Porsche, you know, who may be used, but it's still a Porsche, let's ride with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not, you know, let's not fix, let's not let's try to fix something that's not broken. If Mike White seems like he's the fit or he's the sex, he's a sexy thing for New York right now, right? Let's ride out with him. I don't understand what's the need. And that doesn't mean he can't. And Mike, Mike White's young, by the way. He's not an old quarterback. He's not, he's not a he's not a you know, a guy who in his eighth year, you know, he's still young. From a
0: quarterback out of BYU getting Cougars to a little bit more of a veteran getting Cougars. Every, every Jets quarterback except Mike White's getting the Cougars. Mike White's getting the the nice 25-year-old, like, Jewish
2: girl uh, who who went to Yale, I think. Listen, I don't care what he gets. Just win. You know what I mean? Like, just, I, for you know, I have so much empathy for Jets fans because they've been through it. You know, they've been they've been through the the uglies and the dark times and and now they they had they can you know I'm watching my man right here with his hat backwards. Those that are that's Jets fans, right? Now they turn their hats to the front. Now they want you to see the Jet logo, right? They didn't want you to see that they're Jets fans. I just flew, I just came back from Florida not too long ago, and I saw more Jets hats in the airport than I've seen in a long time. So I mean, the fan base is starting to come back around. The, the old timers are starting to like, you know, Bernie Nagel, You know, the, they're starting to, <laughs> they're starting to, re- to, come out the grave, man. That's a good thing.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm in the streets of a story. I see Jess shirts, it's like, yeah, let's go clap on yeah. Sundays. It's a, it's a feeling. And listen, the Mets jets, Knicks fan who went to Hofstra, we got rid of a football team. uh, It's been all downhill my entire life for me. So I'm looking to go on an upward swing here. You know, it's not going to be easy here, Willie. And I'm worried Sunday, you know, the tiebreakers are what worries me. You got bills, pats, Titans, Eagles, Broncos, Ravens, Dolphins, Niners, Chiefs, Bengals, Chargers, Raiders. Those are the games of importance Sunday 10 wins might not do it, which is what scares me. You might have to win 11 if these other teams get to 10 and seven. So that's what I'm a little bit worried about. If the Jets miss the playoffs. You
2: can't you listen Those are all hypotheticals. It has nothing to do with the reality. The Jets are seven to four. They got to take it. I mean, they got six games remaining just win and wherever the dice, where it rolls, it rolls because right now, if you're Joe Douglas, if you're the powers to be in that building, you're ahead of schedule, which you couldn't say year from years past, right? If any, you know, the, to feel like we have a legit shot to go to the playoffs, to feel like, man, we finally have a defense, we finally have a secondary, you know, to feel like we finally have an offensive line, it's good for Jets fans to tap back into the 08, 09 season and feel like these, this may be the emergence of that. If they don't make the playoffs, which I don't even want to talk that into the existence because I feel like they, they got a legit shot to get in. You have a lot to hang your hat on, man. And it's just a matter of getting more pieces, acquiring more sexy pieces, kind of lift this team up and carry this team over the threshold. Because right now, you know, this team is they're exciting, they're young, they're they're enthusiastic. You don't hear the circus coming out of the locker room, right? You don't hear the rumblings of this guy and that guy, and all that. You don't hear that no more. That's the that's that's in the past. So I like where this team is at, man. I like the I, I like the way Robert Salah has his team running and gunning. And it's just about being positive and moving forward, man. There's no there's no reason to continue to think about the what-ifs. Just keep appreciating that they're winning. You can you can wear your Jets hat with pride around the city or wherever you're going. And now people are talking about the Jets in a different light. And that's and that's a cool thing. I'll close with this. Is it crazy if Mike White is a guy that
0: this team can go on a run to a Super Bowl? Or is that crazy talk? Because I think they have the talent. If he plays mistake-free, people are thinking about it like, can they go to a Super
2: Bowl? I haven't talked Super Bowl in New York so long. (laughs) You almost tied my tongue up with that one. You know, I don't know. I I think right now... We've seen teams get in and get hot. This can happen. I think the fact that the team is inexperienced helps them because there's no pressure of what we did. There's no resume in that regard. They just, they're just they just going out there and slinging it and swinging for the fences, which helps, especially playoff time, because you see a lot of teams try to like reestablish themselves or they try to do things within the playoffs that's kind of out of character. They don't have no character. They've never been there, right? So I think right now at this point, when you get in, go for it. Leave nothing. Leave nothing. You know, just just keep swinging and swinging, bang the body, the head will fall. Whoever comes in your comes in your way, just knock them out. And that's just that's just the way the Jets have to play
0: football. I like that. It's the Geno Smith just knock them out in the face approach. I like that one. Well, (laughs) let's hope the Jets do make it. It is great to wear a Jets hat again and and be proud of this team. Would love to see them go on a run. Willie Colon, catch him on the Sny Jets pre and post game. Catch him on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio. Co-hosting Morning Men and uh in the streets with Bab singing songs for a <laughs> penny. He didn't even think he got a dollar he got, he got a what? quarter, a, right? A, he was horrible.
2: Quarter. You should ask for a dollar. It shouldn't have been a quarter. That well, would go was there, the hours. dollar, and then some dude was like, Oh, I got a quarter and lo- and left it and walked away. Yeah, with how
0: bad his voice, I think that everyone was uh, better off. Yeah, he deserved off a quarter, that. he sucked. Will Cologne 66 on Twitter. Willie, let's go, Jets, baby. Thanks for coming up. Let's on. go, Jets, baby. Just keep fighting
2: i'll put our guys up against anybody those guys are freaking good now and it's going to be a great challenge but uh like i said i i think it's a challenge that our guys are excited for
0: all righty thanks to fellow hofstra alum willie cologne for joining us as that closes up shop on episode 126 of gangs all here our jets podcast from the new york post thanks to andrew hartz and the intern josh crawford for helping me produce the show follow us on twitter at brian Koz and tweet me at jake brown radio hit the voicemail line at 646-974-4942 and make sure you subscribe to catch up on all old episodes you may have missed search for gangs all here on apple podcast if you're an iPhone user on Spotify, on Stitcher, if you're an Android person, Google, have them wherever you get podcasts, but also subscribe to New York Post Sports YouTube page and watch full episodes and clips of the show. For Brian Costello, for Willie Colon, I am Jake Brown. We are back on Monday. First thing, you'll wake up Monday morning, 5 a.m., a new episode will be ready in your feed as we react to the Jets' tough game in Minnesota against the Vikings. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Gangs All Here. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you Monday.
2: Jets, baby. Just keep fighting.